Hey everyone, welcome to the second episode of the Fireball Inferno. Before I start, I just want to give a quick shout out to Dean for coming up with the name change. Because, I mean, Sam Stat Show was a terrible name in the first place, so shout out to you for coming up with that new one. Anyway, I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. Um, personally, I got to go up to the Northeast and froze my ass off because there was way too much snow. But thankfully we weren't dealing with the snow that they're dealing with now. To my Canadian guys in the group, I don't know how you guys do it. We got six inches while I was up there, but y'all are basically under snow all the time. So I don't know how y'all managed to get through winter. Anyway, so I hope any fans up in that area, y'all are doing all right. And I know it's supposed to be getting better as the week goes on, but be safe up there, y'all. So getting into it, because we got a lot to talk about. So the biggest news was Jim Nil trading away Jamie Alexiak and playing Santa Claus a little bit early for us. So, for those of you who don't know, we got Pittsburgh. So, Pittsburgh had two 2019 fourth-round picks. We're getting whichever one is ends up being higher. And so, my take, I'm extremely happy with that. A fourth-rounder is a lot higher than I thought we were going to get for Alexiak. Um, and honestly, a fourth-rounder isn't even that bad. It's not going to get you... Normally, you're looking at the top-end talent in the first three rounds, but then the fourth round is right whenever you start getting guys that are going to be your depth and role-playing guys. And then sometimes, you know, you get lucky and you draft a guy in the fifth round and he turns into Klingberg or Jamie Benn. But anyway, so I'm also happy that it freed up playing time for Honka uh, while Mathot was still injured. And so I, I'll get into it, but I, I, I'm really happy that we got to see what he was capable of doing. I'm also happy for Alexiak because honestly, I think at this point, he just needed to go someplace else because we were not going to work out for him. He just struggled here consistently. I know some people are going to counter argument and just be like, okay, well, he was physical. He hit people. He dominated in fights. And really, we don't need that, in my opinion. You look at someone like Johns, who Johns has 99 hits. He's got 76 block shots, if you care about that. And then look at just our forwards. Everyone is hitting more. Honk is hitting. Klingberg is hitting. Um, Gamel Smith is hitting. Almost everyone who's a forward is now hitting people. Tyler Sagan has hit people. So, I mean, to me, the grit argument for hitting and things like that doesn't really stand up much. And then you get into the fact that Honka just clearly outplayed him. Pattern outplayed him. So there's really no reason for us to keep him as an eighth defender, and we would have to sit two guys on the bench whenever Mathot came back. So... I'm happy he's gone. You look at his statistics, uh, advanced statistics while he was here, he had a negative 5% relative Corsi. So what that means is, so relative Corsi is an individual stat. It measures the difference between a team's shooting percentage, or not shooting percentage, shooting rate when you're on the ice and when you're off the ice. So a negative 5% difference for an individual is huge, especially for a third-pair guy who's going to be on the ice more than a couple of the forwards that we have. Putting it into context, so uh, Honka's relative Corsi is pretty high. It was a lot higher, and now it's dropped to about 4% positive, but that's still, okay, look at it this way. It's it's a 9% swing in shooting rate whenever Honka was on the ice versus Alexiak. Putting that into perspective, so let's say you're on average taking 30 shots a game. That difference, that's an extra three shots a game, which may not sound like much, but that's three shots you're getting and the other team in general isn't. So once again, it's about how much swing 
you're going to have. So your team's getting three shots. The other team isn't getting some shots. So it balances out. And whenever you're looking at an individual player and just the replacement and you can get that much difference, think of that over the span of an entire team. That's a massive negative. So whenever your team is taking possessing the puck, the other team isn't, basically. So getting rid of Alexiak, in my opinion, was the right move. Now, looking at just his traditional stats, those weren't that great either, really. He had three points, and he was a minus six. And I realized that Honka, people are going to bring up, oh, well, Honka hardly has any points. Great. That's just basically luck. Honka's getting the opportunities. Whenever he's out there, I could break down uh, quality shots allowed, quality shots taken. We're getting good quality shots with Honka out there. The team just isn't burying them, or the goalie is making absurd saves. So that's just a matter of... Things will regress to the mean eventually, and Honk is going to start producing and getting points if he starts playing. But anyway, wrapping up the Alexiak trade, I think it was a good trade. It's going to help the team win, and it cleaned up a little bit of the defensive logjam that we had, so we're not sitting two guys every night. But the logjam came back so because Mathot returned just a couple of days ago. And so it looks like Honk is going to be back in the press box eating some nachos for a while. Um, but let's be honest, most of us probably should have seen that coming. Johns has seniority, he plays more of Hitch's defensive style, and like I mentioned earlier, he's got the hits, he's got the blocks, all that kind of crap that Hitch likes. So Honk is young, he can be sent to the AHL, and even though he's played well, you you, you got to clear a spot up for him a thought to play. He's getting paid to play. He he's, doesn't have a cheap contract. So honestly though, in my opinion, Honka needs to either play or be sent down. I don't like him sitting in the press box. And there's a couple of reasons for that. So just look at what happened with Nemeth, Alexiak, and to a lesser extent, Yoki Paka. I'm just tired of promising prospects just sitting up in the box and then getting traded whenever, oh, they don't pan out. They're not paying out because they're not getting consistent playing time. I would much rather Honka be sent down, play top pair minutes in the AHL, um, be given stuff to work on by Hitch and the training staff, and then be able to come back better if someone gets injured or something along the lines like that. but So that's point number one. Number two, we already have a shutdown pair. So whenever you look at Hamus and Patteron, they're starting almost 60% of the time in their defensive zone, and they still have positive possession numbers. That's absurd. Whenever you're starting six out of ten times in your own zone, you're expected that the other team is going to have more shots than you do whenever you're out on the ice. The fact that they're getting more shots off whenever they're on the ice than the opposing team is, is a massive positive for us. In my opinion, that's a shutdown line. We already have those two, so we don't need Mathot and Johns to be another shutdown pair. Keep those two guys as the shutdown pair. What I'd really like, going into number three, uh, reason three, is I would like Honka to play with Mathot and be a guy who can break the puck out. Because right now, the only person in the active lineup that can break the puck out effectively is Klingberg. When you look at John, uh, basically what you can do is you can break down breakout rates by player. And Klingberg is great at it in terms of the number of passes he attempts and gets out of the zone versus the times he turns it over. Klingberg is near the top in terms of keeping the puck safe. I know some of y'all won't believe that, but this year he's been insanely good at breaking the puck out. Lindell has been decent at it. Hamus and uh, Pattern have been kind of deferring to forwards that skated out, while Johns and Mathot are borderline terrible at it. So Johns gives it over about 50% of the time, and Mathot 
you don't want them without breaking it out. Honka, on the other hand, is pretty good at breaking it out just like Lindell. So basically what that allows you to do is you have two lines now that are able to break the puck out quickly and then immediately counterattack the other team. That lets you use your speed more, that lets you take more advantage of any defensive deficiencies. There's been a couple of times this season where we've had guys streaking down the ice and they're basically open behind the defenders, but because the ham use and pattern line were in, the forwards were breaking it out and they don't have as clear of a pass as the defenders would have. And let me be clear, I I don't hate Johns. I actually really like how he's playing this year. He just struggles with breaking the puck out. And offense is a little bit more important to me right now. The defense with Honka and Alexiak switching back and forth gave up the third lowest number of shots per game in the league. So in terms of shutting down the opposing team defensively, we're doing fine regardless of who is in. But in terms of shots per game, we're right in the middle of the pack. And with Bishop getting better each game that I see him, I I think the bigger concern that we have is getting from the middle of the pack in terms of shots and getting towards the top of the pack. And we'll keep the shots uh, shots against low regardless of who's in. You can't say the same thing about scoring. Mathot had zero goals last year while playing with Carlson, and he has zero points so far this year. Um, One would hope at this point, like I know he was out a lot, but the time that he's played on the top pair with Klingberg this year, I I would hope he would have lucked himself into a goal or an assist by now. But you can't count on him to produce offense. Honka, like I said, even though on the point sheet they may not be coming up, he's gotten, if they gave out like the third person assist, he would have plenty of third person assists. He would have a bunch of just quality chances that he's created. He's the one creating and he's he's the one creating chances for the offense to score. The other two are not. So I, I'm fine with John sitting and Honka playing. If for no other reason, I think Honka has the potential to be a consistent top four. And I'm, I'm not going to say it yet because Klingberg has been insane. But Honka has the potential to be just as good as Klingberg. Um, I, I, I'm that high on Honka. High on Honka. That should be the name of the podcast. But... Anyway, regardless, Honka needs playing time one way or another. If we want to send him down, I'm actually okay with that because then that will work on defensive stuff, let him get more comfortable, just getting consistent ice time, whatever. I just don't want to ruin another defender's development like we did with Nimeth, Alexiak, and Yoki Paka. That serves literally no purpose. But going into the last topic I want to talk about, so we're officially at the halfway point of the year, and I kind of wanted to focus on one player who I don't specifically care for much, but I know is a fan favorite, and I'm sure I'm going to get a bunch of backlash for this. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it and say Antoine Roussel has been terrible this year, and I personally don't think he should be re-signed as a free agent this upcoming year. Whenever you look at his stats, he's on pace for the lowest point total of his entire career, career as a star and for all the talk about how oh he's taking fewer penalties he's taking smarter penalties he's on pace to have 150 penalty minutes this year which is going to be the second highest of his career and whenever you take that many penalty minutes that is a massive detriment to to your team you're putting them on the penalty kill that often that's going to hurt them you cannot take that many penalties and not expect the team to give up a lot of goals because of that and he's not putting up the points to counteract that. Like Radulov, Radulov is taking quite a few penalties, actually. But Radulov is consistently putting up points. He's scoring goals. 
I'm not concerned with Radulov, but whenever you're only going to put up 24 points in a year and now you're up for a contract, I mean, how much money do, do people really want to give him? We have guys like Gamel Smith, Pitlick, Ely, Dickinson. All of them are physical. The difference is that they actually you know, don't take as nearly as many penalties. I would much rather give them playing time and actually you know, score more too. Gamal Smith has been nuts, but for some reason we're still sitting him on the bench. But instead we're playing Roussel, who just takes penalties. And I know some of you are going to say, okay, well, Roussel can play with any line. He can play any role. To, to me, that's complete, completely bogus because if he's – yes, he has played on the top line this year, which is why I'm pissed his point totals aren't even higher. For someone who has been playing almost exclusively with the top line or Foxa, who is probably our best overall player this year, the idea that, oh, 24 points is going to be okay, he's doing great this year. No, that's that's absolutely terrible. He should be doing laps around his previous point totals with the people he's been playing with this year I mean Fox is on pace for what 40 points which is what you kind of want out of a second line caliber player and and, and look I know Roussel is a fan favorite but just looking at his play and looking at his production it's not helping the team he's being outplayed by the two guys I mentioned earlier Smith and Pitlick eventually all that effort that we talk about it has to pay off in scoring and that's just not happening and He's taking more penalties than he has in the past. I think we really all need to look uh, past the hype goggles that we have with Roussel and ask whether he can't be replaced by some of the guys in this offseason, especially if Hintz is ready. I want Gamel Smith playing full-time. I'm sorry. I would much rather him be playing than Roussel. But we're coming up to a crossroads with him, and unless we get him extremely cheap, I'm not sure I want him back. And I think I'm going to leave it at that. So... That's all I got for y'all this episode. Let me know what y'all think. Am I overrating Honka? Is Roussel secretly better than what he's done statistically? Uh, Let me know down in the comments. If you got any topics that you want to uh, have me discuss, leave those down there as well. I'm thinking the next edition is probably going to be about goaltending, some of the surprise teams this year like Vegas, and I might even start talking about some of my uh, draft prospects. But if y'all leave some good suggestions that I want to talk about, I I may move things around. Anyway, I hope everyone had a good happy holidays and see y'all next time. Peace out.